Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or iHeart, hit that subscribe or follow button. The content shared is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Imagination Health and Wellness Podcast, your source for health and wellness from a biblical perspective with a real world application. My name is Carolyn Scott, and I am here with my brother and friend, Clement Norris. Hello, Clement. How are you? And I guess you're going to be telling everybody, including me, what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> you know, it hurts when you say it like that, Carol. It really does. Uh, <laughs> well, hello, everyone. I hope everybody is doing well. Yes, Carol, I'm going to be telling what the topic is and uh, including you. Uh, but before I tell it what it is, obviously the book is still there. Uh, for those of you who are interested, watch and pray the weight away. Watch and pray the weight away. Uh, you can get it off of Amazon. Uh, and you can even give us some feedback on that. I mean, let me know what you think about the uh, book, because uh, that will be greatly appreciated. I want us to consider a question because the answer to the question is what I hope we end up talking about a little more specifically. So the question is, why did Adam bite the fruit? So the answer to the question will be the topic of discussion. Uh, and that's what we're going to be uh, talking about. So what I want to do first, because I want to set the foundation that I think we need to answer the question and then go from there. And so we're going to start in Genesis chapter two. We're going to look at verses 15, 16 and 17. So, Carol, if you have that, could you go ahead and turn it for me? Mm -hmm. I have it. And then read those texts for me. Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So what I want to kind of grasp from that, those texts that Carol just got through reading, what I want us to keep in mind as, as we move forward is that God created Adam. We have both God and Adam having a discussion. It does not appear to be the case that Eve has been created yet. God is talking to Adam. He's telling him about the fact that he has already made provisions for Adam to have food before he had even made him what he can eat. And then he ends it by telling Adam 
that there is one tree. Now, when I look at Genesis and look at this particular story in Genesis, I cannot give you an exact number of how many trees were in the Garden of Eden. I don't know of anybody who can. If somebody gave me a number, I have to be honest with you, I would be very unlikely to believe them. Or I put it a different way, extremely unlikely to believe them. So I don't know what the number was. But whatever that number was, out of all those trees, and I do believe there were many, God said there's one that Adam was not supposed to eat of. Sometimes I kind of see that one tree is almost like a tie, a 10%, you know. Out of everything that he did, he said, listen, one or 10% of that is mine and don't touch it, don't eat it, leave it alone. And so he was very clear when he spoke to Adam and he did not simply say you will die. He said you will surely die. Now, as I stated a few seconds ago, Eve was not there during that discussion. But clearly she both knew and understood what God uh, told Adam. And she most likely, if not definitely, got that information from Adam. You know, and you may run into some people who say, oh, she was there during the discussion, so she heard it. Either way is fine. The bottom line is she both knew and understood about the prohibition that God put on that one tree. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 2 and verse 3, Carol, could you read that one for me? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So we clearly uh, have God telling Adam and what God told Adam, Eve is clearly letting us know that she knew about the prohibition. Okay, so both Adam and Eve fully understood the repercussions, the consequences of eating from that one particular tree, that forbidden tree. And Carol, what was the consequence? Ye shall surely die. You shall surely die. It was death. So they so they both understood that. What we want to do is want to keep that section in mind, and then we're gonna move on to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, 19 and 20. I'm going to read from those scripture. I'll read in your hearing. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. That's Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20. And just as a little reminder, uh, Carol and I, we are reading from the King James version of the Bible. And so what I want to extrapolate from what we just got through uh, reading 
is that God said it was not good for man to be alone. And if we look at it carefully, and one of the things I think we all we need to keep in mind too is when we're reading scriptures from the Bible, particularly certain books or chapters, we need to be careful about how we read them. And this, and this is not to insult anybody's intelligence, but to just be careful about how we read them because sometimes things are not in a, in a necessarily in a chronological order like we, we like we may be reading thinking that they are. Uh, again, this text clearly shows that Eve was not created yet. God's looking at Adam. He says it's uh, not good for him to be alone. Adam is in the garden. Adam is with all these animals that he had named. So let's let's be clear about one thing to understand what God meant by him being alone because Adam was lonely, but Adam was not alone. Why do you think I say he was lonely, but not alone, Carol? Well, God was with Adam. God was with Adam, and but it's more to it than that. And the animals were there. They were livestock all with Adam. You yeah. know? And when we look at that, because I know sometimes how we can be, we got to keep it in perspective. Not every animal that's walking on the planet Earth today was in that garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam didn't name everything that we look at and try to throw a name on it today. For example, the mule was not in that garden. The mule is a human construct. It's the taking of two animals that normally would not be with each other and bringing them together to produce an animal that was bigger than them so that it can be used to do more work a stronger animal. And so you're taking a horse and a donkey and from those two, you get a mule. So you, you know, we go through example after example after example of uh, animals that are here today for various reasons. Let's not confuse that. They oh, yeah, all of them were there. No, they all were not there in that garden. But the ones that were there, Adam named them. And so Adam wasn't alone because one, and keep in mind, you know, because Carol's first response was, well, God. Well, it was God was the one who said it wasn't good for him to be alone. So he had those animals there with him. Now, what I want us to do is I want us to pay close attention to uh, that last verse I read, which is Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20. It says, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But here's the part that I want us to focus in on, to zoom in on. But for Adam, there was not found a help me for him. And when I look at the verse, the verse, the scripture seems to suggest to me that Adam was actually looking for somebody that was like himself. When when he was going through and he was seeing these animals and he was naming them, he had an awareness that he was obviously different than them that he had a certain authority over them and that none of them was equal to him. None of them was like, like he was. He did not see another human being and Adam was alone. And we know he was alone because God told us, unless we just don't want to believe what God said, but God told us in Genesis chapter two and verse 18, it is not good that man should be alone. So Adam was alone. Despite having company, in other words, there was other living creatures there, 
Adam was alone and uh, he could not find a help meet for himself. That makes sense, Carol? Yes, it does. Now, keeping that information in mind, because like I said, we want to set up the foundation here. So keeping that information in mind, if we continue through the rest of the uh, story as it pertains to Adam and Eve, most, if not all of us know that eventually Eve had an encounter with the serpent. I believe that's, Carol, I think that's in Genesis chapter uh, three. So turn there for me real quick, Carol, chapter three, and think it started with verse 15. But she has an encounter with the serpent. So I'm going to, I want to kind of lay it out here and then I'm going to have Carol read it for me. She has a, an encounter with the serpent. And we, we just touched on a little bit of it because uh, she told the serpent that God said they were not supposed to uh, bite of the fruit from the forbidden tree. But of course, we all know how it, how that that portion of the story ends. She ends up biting of the fruit. So, Carol, could you read that for us real quick? Okay. Genesis three fifteen, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And then read sixteen. And unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, just to wrap it up, because I may refer back to it again, but go ahead and read 17, 18, and 19 for me. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Verse 18, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Verse 19, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So now what we have here is that Eve bit of the fruit, and Carol probably can find that text for me real quick. And then she gave it to her husband, and he also uh, ate of the fruit. So Eve ate it first, and then she persuaded Adam to eat it. Genesis chapter 3. Verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay, so now what I want to do at this point, because I'm trying to I'm trying to keep a flow. I don't know if I'm really good at that sometimes, so I'm trying to keep a flow. So what I want to do is I want to go back to the question. Why did Adam bite the fruit? Yeah, why did he do it? He seems when we look into the Bible, when God created Adam, Adam was perfect. When God created Eve, Eve was perfect. When you look in the 
in the Bible, it says everything he did that day was very good. Adam knew better. Eve knew better. Eve says that the, the devil tricked her to biting other fruit. Adam was not there talking to the devil. Of course, we all know that the, the devil takes on the form of a serpent in the story. Adam's talking to Eve. He knew better. And surely, or let me ask you, Carol, do you think that Adam remembered what God had essentially a promise that God had told him? Oh, I believe that he remembered. I believe his mental capacity was great. What What is it that you think he remembered? I think he remembered every word of the warning. Which was? In the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. So now Adam is, he either comes up on Eve or Eve comes up on him. She has uh, bitten the fruit, uh, probably has some there in her hand. And it's hard for me to imagine, and Carol, if you disagree, by all means, you know, let us know. But it's hard for me to imagine that when Adam looked at her, when he became aware of what she had done, that, that the first thought that crossed his mind was that Eve was going to die. God told him that to, to eat it, uh, that they would surely die. Adam had no reason to doubt what God had told him. And here standing before me is the woman that God made for me. And where, where did she come from, Carol? She came from his rib. She was literally a part of him. Adam said, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And I just find it incredibly hard to believe, being that God is perfect, considering that he's perfect, that everything he does is perfect. I find it very hard to believe that Eve was not a stunning beauty. Uh, when he looked at Eve, especially for that first time during that wedding ceremony, she probably looked amazing. And, and he's looking at her and she has taken up the fruit. She has essentially signed her own death warrant. And I would think he his initial response, he would have had to have been stunned. Uh, would you agree or disagree, Kara? I would definitely agree with that. Now, on the surface, let me be clear. On the surface, this could almost seem like a great love story. The man, you know, taking his sacrifice for his woman, you know, we're going to go down together. I mean, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can spin that all kind of good ways and come up with, a, with the, uh, the greatest, probably one of the greatest love stories ever told. I can't say the greatest one because Jesus Christ did the greatest love story ever told. But notice I said on the surface, I think that if we get down to the nitty gritty, as they used to say, if we get down to the core of it, the thing that motivated, that pushed Adam the most was not necessarily this, you know, this love, you know, love story thing. They were probably motivated to push Adam the most was a fear of loneliness. I think that's why he bit the fruit. Now, 
uh, let's let's step back a little bit, just a little bit. I said earlier, I said God created Adam. Adam, if we're going to go based on a biblical perspective, the evidence seems to be overwhelmingly clear. I guess a person, if they want to, they can find a verse or two. They could probably try to juggle another story out of it, but it seems to be pretty clear. God created Adam, and Adam was the only human being on the planet. No human being, with maybe the exception of Jesus Christ when he was on that cross, no other human being, none, could say they experienced loneliness the way Adam did. He, he was alone. Even, even though there was God there, you know, even when Jesus walked on the earth, Jesus had God, but Jesus made it clear more than once. He was alone. He, he was looking for support. Adam was alone. And I've, I personally uh, find it hard to believe that, that that didn't cross Adam's mind when he was standing looking at Eve. Selfishness kicked in. And that that because of what God said, uh, I'm going to lose her. And that fear of that loneliness, loneliness can be unhealthy for us because loneliness can cause us to make bad decisions. Even just the fear of being alone can cause us to make bad decisions. That's interesting. And I think, oh, did you want to say something else, Carol? I said, that's interesting because before Adam, you just said something in which I was thinking about while you were talking, selfishness kicked in. Before he actually committed the sin physically, Correct. Mm-hmm. selfishness had already set in to the mind. Same thing with Eve. That's- while the serpent that's why was talking I said, to her. Yeah, it's interesting. Right, that's why I said on the surface, it can seem like it's a great love story. Mm-hmm. But at its core, it was about selfishness. Mm-hmm. Part of me, and of course, you know, we got to get to heaven to, to find out exactly, you know, 100%. But, right. but part of me tends to think that Adam thought that, well, maybe if he also did it, that God wouldn't destroy her and, and, and spare him. Whatever the thought was uh, going through his mind, I think the core of what drove him was selfishness, mm-hmm. uh, self-interest. And so he bit of that fruit. Loneliness is unhealthy. We hope that you are enjoying part one of loneliness. Join us next week for the conclusion on the topic of loneliness. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, go to wherever you're listening to this episode and leave us a comment or visit our website at veganimagination.com. That's V-E-G-A-N-E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.com where you can leave a voicemail or written comment. Click on the podcast tab at the top of the page. And once there, you can leave us a voicemail message. We would love to hear from you. As usual, we want to thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to the program. 
We hope that you enjoyed it and it is something that you will share with others. Carol and I, we want you to do so much more than just imagine health and wellness. We want it to become a reality in your life. We also want to make sure that everybody knows that if you would like to make any contributions to the program, they will be greatly appreciated. You can go to Patreon and make a donation. Your donation will be put to very good use and it will be greatly appreciated. As always, we look forward to uh, coming to you all again in the future and we hope that you have a very blessed day. Thank you and goodbye.